Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Sun Sports Football Podcast, sponsored by William Hill. I'm Derek McGregor, joined by David Freel. David, are we happy that the winter break is just about at an end after three weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the players and the clubs and, and probably the fans as well were ready for it. It was a hectic December, it was a, a busy New Year period, but I think now, after a couple of weeks, I think everybody, obviously the Championship's still been going on in the World Leagues, but I think everybody's ready for the Premiership and the Scottish Cup to start back, Derek, so I think everybody's looking forward to the games this weekend, there's a few good ties coming up. Both you and I and uh, indeed uh, our, our other colleagues have been taken out of our top flight comfort zone the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I've been at Wraith Rovers in Dumbarton, uh, enjoyed it, have you? Yeah, I was at Wraith Rovers Falkirk uh, with yourself, good game, I'm quite impressed with Falkirk, not so much with Wraith, and I was at Dunfermline St Mirren on Saturday, I thought Dunfermline should have won the game, they had a lot more chances, St Man fighting for their lives, but I would fear for them slightly, I don't think they scored enough goals, they look like a team that's fighting relegation in the sense that there's not a lot of confidence there, understandably, and I think you know it's a long way back for Jack Ross's team just now, I think they're just in that slump at the moment, and um, I would fear for them long term. Scottish Cup weekend, the tournament of course sponsored by William Hill, some good fixtures, some good... Um you know, imaginative fixtures that uh, that get you thinking. The classic kind of romance of the cup. I think the one that stands out right away is Bonnie Rig Rose, McBookie.com, East Super League side. They play Hibs at Tynecastle. Are the holders in danger here at all, David? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's. I mean, we've seen this before. With junior teams coming in with Rose did they did really well last year? Previous that up in like Talbot particularly well too and, and I don't think they should be discounted because Bonnie Agarose did eliminate Dumbarton who are doing quite well in the Championship for, for a part-time team just now so they did they eliminated them over two games in the last round so I think Hibs having just beaten Dumbarton 1-0 will be aware that Bonnie Agarose have nothing to lose they're going out to, to make the most of their day it's a big stadium a big occasion but I do think Hibs have got enough professionalism about them enough quality about them certainly to go and, and do the job I mean I don't expect a 7-8-0 or anything like that but I do think Hibs will win comfortably In terms of Scottish Cup upsets if Bonnie Rigg were to somehow win this fourth round tie where would that rate for you among this competition's record of upset shots? It would surely be the, the biggest of all time I would imagine <laughs> the holders Hibs get out to a junior team I don't think that even don't think anything else would come close. So no, I mean, as as I said, I don't think Neil Lennon will be dismissing Bonnie Rigg by any mm. stretch of imagination. You know, I, I do. You know, he's been in the receiving end of enough upsets in his time. He had a few bad ones with Celtic. You know, he lost to teams like I mean, he played in the, the Clyde game, played in the he was a manager I think for the, the Morton game. That was the League Cup. But I do think that Neil Lennon will make sure these players are up for it. And, and bear in mind as well, Hibs. I dare say they'll make a lot of changes, but Hibs have got a big squad, and Hibs players, the guys that have been on the bench in recent weeks, are all fighting for a place. You know, Hibs, you look at the Hibs squad, they've got 18, 19 guys for the first team. I mean, they've got such a strong squad, and I think whoever comes in will be looking to put down a mark and try and stay in that team for the end of the season. So I I don't think there'll be any complacency at all. I mean, I saw their 1 0 win at Dumbarton on Saturday. I mean, big win, performance was mediocre. However, 
it was a kind of result that wins you titles. And but the eighteen that Hibs listed did not include Paul Hanlon, Dylan McGeoch. Remarkable strength and depth for the championship. Nevertheless, is this the kind of game that Neil Lennon, indeed any manager in this kind of situation, is this the kind of game that you feel uncomfortable about? What if? Well, well maybe. No matter but, the odds. Yeah, but see the fact that it's Castle, I think it takes a lot of a lot of the risk away. See if Hibs were having to go to Moyer Rigdow's ground, you know, a tight junior pitch, fans right on top of you, and you know, it's that it takes you way out of your comfort zone. But the fact of the matter is, they're going to Ten Castle to play the game. It's, you know, it's one of the best stadiums in the country. It's a good pitch. It's a, a, a place that Hibs I've, I've been very, very familiar with over the year. Most of the players, I imagine all the players in, in Neil's team will have played there before. So I don't think that'll be an issue at all. To be honest with you, I think, I think that the fact that it's at Ten Castle takes a lot of the sort of upset, the chances of an upset away from this tie for me. Of course, Hearts play on the Sunday. Do you envisage a lot of Jambos fans going to <laughs> Ten Castle on Saturday? Cheer on, Bonnie Rig? Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, I, mean it's, I, I don't know. I don't really know. Where a lot of allegiances lie in, in, in Bonnie Rig in terms of is it a Hearts Town, is it a Hibs Town, is it a mix of, of everything? I don't know. But I do imagine there will be Hearts fans, certainly all the Hearts fans will be cheering Bonnie Rig on, but you, you know, you might get a few in the crowd as well. I mean, Robbie Hornside beat Newton Grange Star 3 0 at the weekend, a great confidence booster for them. But I see Robbie today is talking about how this tie coming up is a, is a big distraction for them. But I mean, it's a wonderful occasion. This truly is what the Scottish Cup is all about isn't it yeah and there was a lot of kind of humming and hawing about junior clubs getting in and people saying should they be, should they be getting in this a few years ago when it all happened but I think it's a great you know I think it's a, a great addition to the Scottish Cup why should they not I mean I think junior clubs have been very particular and very specific in the sense that they don't want a league structure and that's fair enough because they've got a good thing going you know there's good crowds go to the junior games they've got a super league system but I think allowing junior clubs to get into the Scottish Cup you know bridges that gap in terms of the pyramid system so I, I think it's a good idea I, I knew uh, one of the guys from Lifkin, Go Rose, easier for me to say, last year, and they went all the way to play Ross County away from home, and, and he just loved the experience of all the games in sports scene that night and everything, and, and just the, the whole atmosphere and what a run they went on, so I, I think it's great, and you know, I, I dare say Bonnie Rose will be well organised, they'll have a lot of quality, they'll have fit guys, so I, I don't think they'll make it easier for Hibs, but I do expect Hibs to get played. I mean, looking at the other ties, David, I mean, one another one that jumps out to me, certainly more potential for a shock than the Bonnie Rig Rose Hibs game. Elgin, third in Division 2, at home to Inverness Kelly Thistle, bottom of the Premiership. That surely is a tie that Richie Foran would rather avoid. Yeah, I mean, he spoke about a distraction for Bonnie Rig. I think that's a huge distraction for Inverness. Mm. Now, I get the, the idea, well, if you get a good Scottish Cup run and a couple of good results, it raises confidence, but I think right now Richie Foran's sole priority, and he's sole work over the last couple of weeks in that break, it's to get his team back, back on form in the Premier League, um, sorry, the Premiership. For me, the Scottish Cup doesn't matter to Inverness just now. In their predicament, you know, they really just need to pick, start picking up points. So to go to Elgin, as you're saying, you know, Elgin are a decent team. I think they're third in League Two just now. They're not far off a broth in second. And, you know, by all accounts, they're a good team. I think a lot of their players are central base and they, they travel up. So they will fancy their chances at home. Definitely fancy their chances at home. And for Inverness, it is just a game where they probably don't really want just now. I mean, of course, Cali Thistle won the tournament two years ago, but such is their confidence at the moment that there's going to be trepidation, uh, trepidation even, uh, any team they play just now. Yeah, and, and they're a much-changed team from then as well. If, if you look back, if you... T- I mean, if you no survivors, think, I don't think. Draper? No, I, I dare say there'll be a few survivors, but if you look at guys like Ryan Christie, Graeme Shinney, James Vincent scored the winner, Marley Watkins, who was such a big player for them then, and obviously the manager, John Hughes, he's gone as well. It's a much-changed team. I thought Inverness at that stage were a top-six team. They were, they were pushing there. They won the Scottish Cup. They got to another final year before. Inverness are nearly one of the best teams in Scotland at the moment. 
yeah, sorry, at that time. At the moment, they aren't. They're far from it. They're going through a bit of a, a really tough period. Richie Fallon's just grappling to try and get his best team, try and get new players in. And, uh, you know, I think survival is a be-all and end-all mm. for Inverness this year. Anything that happens in the Scottish Cup is a bonus, but at the moment, it's all about the league. It's just anything that happens in the Scottish Cup is a bonus, but then defeat in terms of their relegation battle would be, you would have to think psychologically, another hammer blow for them. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's that's what makes this so risky, you know, because, you know, are Inverness going to win the Scottish Cup? I don't think so. Is there a, a, a chance of embarrassment? Of, of of course, I mean, confidence could be could be shot to bits if they lose at Elgin, so that's why I don't think Richie Fawn will really be looking forward to this game. The cup sponsors, William Hill, of course, would love it if there's one or two shocks. I mean, don't we all? Because it, it, it makes it makes for better storylines, yeah. but it enhances the tournament. I mean, looking at the other ties, David, I mean, on the Sunday, Hearts go to Wraith Rovers, and for Ian Cathro, it's not exactly been a fabulous start as Hearts manager. To be fair, we, we both saw Wraith Rovers the other week. You know, it's not looking great for Wraith Rovers, but in a one-off game, could they could they lift it to beat Hearts? A hundred percent. I mean, I, I think for Wraith, I think Wraith are now... Wraith, to me, won't... Be in any danger of relegation or even the playoffs at that end, but I don't think they'll really bother the playoffs at the, at the other end either in the championship. I think Wraith will just be a mid-table team in the championship. So I dare say Gary Lockle will appoint to prove as well up against his old team. There's a few ex-Hearts players in the side. Well, a, a, apparently the Wraith Rovers veteran Rudy Scatchell used to play for Hearts. Right? Are you aware of that? He's that. generally not mentioned that much. <laughs> what do you think uh, Scatchell's commitment levels will be against Hearts, given the amount of times he gestures about the Scottish Cup final win over Hibs? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he'll get a good reception. I, I, I would imagine... Oh, I would never say that he wouldn't. He wouldn't be giving it full. He will be giving it. Full. Of course, he will. He's paid by Rovers, and he'll be going out and giving it his all, and hoping to beat Hearts. The loving will will continue. I mean, we've seen it over the years. He saw it at the road a couple of, couple of weeks ago when he gave the five one salute. I commend he took fifty one when he signed for Dundee United <laughs> and clapped the hands the Hearts fans when they were three 0 down at Ten Castle United at that time. So, yeah, but I, I do think Hearts. He's won a, a several. Kevin McCarty, Ryan Stevenson, who will be up against a former club. And I do think those guys will be. Out to, to try and prove a point, it's a tough one for Ian Cathro in the sense that it's not the it's not the best of venues to be going. To. It's quite you know it, it, you know the fans will make a, make a bit of noise and, and and it's it's one for them as well. Well, as as I said, they're not going to get relegated, they're not going to get promoted. The Scottish Cup for them is the big thing now. For, you know they'll, they'll be looking to get a run and they'll be looking to put one over Hearts. If Scatchell scores, whether it's a winner or whether it's a consolation effort, whatever, do you see him celebrate? Well, he should celebrate. I don't like this whole. I'm not going to celebrate against celebrate against my former club you're, you're employed by a club you're paid by a club mm. therefore you should celebrate a goal I, I don't get this or well I used to play with this team 10 years ago so I won't celebrate just celebrate the goal see this constant 5-1 gesturing see if I was his manager David I'd find him for that because <laughs> that, that that as you maybe get an impression mm-hmm. that annoys me intensely you're away from hearts you know he was at Dundee United and he did it he Wraith Rovers no not having it oh, I, get, I get that and I, I, dare, I dare say there will be a lot of Wraith Rovers fans feel exactly the same and, and you know, it's up to Rudy Scatchell to show how committed he is, and I, I do think if, if he is in the team, he wasn't in the team against Hawkeye. We saw them um, the other week. Then he will be given given his all. He must be given his all, surely. He's a professional footballer, after mm. all. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Of course he is. For Martin United, go to Partick Thistle. And you know, I'm like you, David, I agree with you in terms of the, the, the junior teams and Highland League teams. I, th- I think that's great. I think that adds to the competition. Great day out. You know, for the northeast side, who've had a bit of money put into them over the years, but Thistle, good run of form before the, break, the winter break. Yeah, I like Thistle. I think Thistle are a good team. I think Alan Archibald is a good manager, and you know what? I think Partick Thistle really, really need a cup run. You know, when was the last time Partick Thistle went a decent run, a semi final or a final or something? I mean, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, it's, it must be years and years. I remember you know, Partick Thistle playing Martin O'Neill Celtic mm-hmm. at Hamden in a Scottish Cup semi final. Over ten years, over Absolutely. 10, 10, 12. Absolutely. Years. So yeah. I think Alan Archibald actually mentioned that at the start of the season they would really like a cup run. I think for finance, I think for prestige, and I think just as a an award for how well they've done over the last couple of years to re-establish themselves as a, as a Premiership side. You know, I think Patrick Fisher, I'd love to see them go all the way to Hamden. I really would. I look at our leading sides, David. Rangers at home to Motherwell on the Saturday, Aberdeen at home to Srinwar, and of course Celtic having a way to Albion Rovers at Airdrie. Really straightforward for those things. I mean, obviously Rangers would have the tougher tie of those I've mentioned I think you expecting the Motherwell it depends on what Motherwell turns up I've seen Motherwell and they've been absolutely magnificent Louis Moult Scott McDonald one of the best partnerships in the league Cal McHugh coming back to fitness yep. a, big, a big boost for them as well and they've got some they've got some real talent about their, about their side it just depends what Motherwell turns up as I said you know because they, they blow so hot and cold one week you watch them and you think this is one of the best teams in the league the next thing you think well they're destined for, for the drop but I think if Motherwell get their, their, their players fit if they get McDonald and Moult going I think they can po- cause Rangers problems definitely cause Rangers problems for Rangers it's a big one again you know I think a Scottish Cup run is really important for Rangers again just in, in terms of finance in terms of prestige as we talked about and also probably a point to prove after last year in the sense that Rangers did so well to beat Dundee beat Celtic to get to the final and then let themselves down against Hibs really um, so I think I think it's a big one for, for Rangers but Motherwell are dangerous opponents Rangers had built up good momentum going into the Hogmanay derby against Celtic just prior to that they'd slipped up against St Johnston then have lost to Celtic so Suddenly they're in a bit of a kind of negative zone again, and of course they're going to Leipzig uh, on Sunday, get hammered four 0 What place are Rangers at at the moment? Going into this cup tie, do you think? I, I agree with you. I, th- I think the momentum was building, but then you know, as, as you say, they dropped five points in two games before the break. And the Leipzig game, I don't think anybody was really surprised at Leipzig, the second best team in the Bundesliga right now, beat Rangers comfortably. I mean, I think 
Mark Warburton. In fairness to him, as he said himself, he could have gone down south and you know, taken a game against Spurs on the 23s or something like that just to give these players a run out. Instead, they accepted the challenge. I don't know if there was money involved. I don't know. <laughs> but th- they were always likely to get a doing because Red Bull Leipzig are a good team who have spent a lot of money. I think long-term, Rangers players will learn from the experience. I think that's where Rangers want to be and it shows the, sort of, the distance they've still got to go. In the short term, does it do any good for the confidence? Probably not, because it's another game that they've not won and they've got a bit of a doing. But it's the cup, I think, with Emerson Heidman in, John Sarral in, I think Rangers should, over the course of the rest of the season, should improve, because I think those guys will become first picks. Is it a bit early to chuck them in, a Scottish Cup tie? At Ibrox, that would be my worry for those two players. You know, Are they ready just to go straight in? I mean, they've not really had much football this no. season. Up against Keith Lasley, Carol McHugh... You know, guys like that, uh, young Cadden from Motherwell, who'll just be getting, you know, bringed in, you know, right from the start. You know, these guys aren't going to stand in ceremony. These guys are fully fit and have been playing. So I, I don't know if I don't know if Mark Warburton would throw them in. So it, he's got a few he's got a few issues to ponder. I think. I mean, John Taral has been loaned from Arsenal, but of course he has has come direct from another loan spell in La Liga, but has only played seven eight games, handful of games. Emerson Hindman has come from Bournemouth, but again, handful of games. Very talented boys, but as you say, they're not exactly kind of battle-hardened at the moment. Yeah, and, and that's that's my point. So I, I wonder whether for this game, because the Scottish Cup is so important, because the last thing Mark Warburton wants is even a replay. You know, really, you know, any elimination would be, would be bad. But would pile the pressure on him right away. Would pile the pressure. So I wonder whether it just reverts to, in the mid, middle of the park especially, I mean, Joe Garner's obviously out, but if he just goes for Holt, Halliday and, and Windass as he's three... Long term, I don't think that will be the three for the rest of the season. I think Hyman and Terrell will come in, but I just wonder where he goes with those three, just to try and kind of earn the side of caution this weekend. I must admit, I, I, I respected Mark Warburton for taking the Leipzig game. You, you make the good point. It could have been very easily just to have taken a such a soft fixture so they could win 5-6-0, but he's taking the challenge, knowing fine well that they could end up with a doing. But he's obviously sought as a chance for his players to get a, a taste of it again, of the, the, the big time and... Maybe a wee incentive if indeed they make the Europa League. Celtic have returned from what would appear to be a very good eight, nine days out in Dubai. You know, Brendan Rodgers is making the headlines that despite their remarkable start to the season, they're 24 games unbeaten, 19 points ahead in the top flight. And yet, despite all that, he's insisting they've got to improve. They've got to keep on rising the bar. What do, what, what do you make of that? Are you quite are you surprised or is that what you're no, no, I'm not. I'm not surprised <coughs> because I, I don't think... I think it's been such a hectic schedule for Celtic since I think it was June the 20th when Celtic came back uh, between June the 20th and, and December the 31st if you include pre-season friendlies and everything Celtic played 44 games Brendan Rodgers spoke about this just before the Rangers game they played 44 games in total which is more than a lot of clubs will play in a, an entire season add in international games for guys you know you look at guys like Tom Rogic who you know he's a Gary Gamboa uh, Michael Lustig they've probably played some of these guys have probably played nearly 50 games already what that leads to is very, very little coaching time. You know, Brendan Rodgers, when he was at Liverpool, a lot of people said that a lot of his, um, his success in that season when they almost won the league was that Liverpool weren't in Europe that year. They had no Champions League, no Europa League. So, so he had so much time to coach and work in the training ground and working systems and working this and working that that you could actually see come the Saturday that Liverpool was, were, were ready, so much better prepared than the other teams who were going from game to game and, and, and basically just flying by the seat of their pants. So I think the last... You know, these two weeks, it gave the players a week off. It just allowed Brendan Rodgers to actually get some coaching time that he never really got towards the start of the season Reading because there were, so, there were so many games. And even December, I think Celtic played nine games in December alone. 
So last thing these guys needed was another friendly or something. What they needed was a holiday, a bit of training, and they'll be back to normal this week. But by, by all accounts, I think Dubai's been quite relaxed. I think the players have worked hard. I think they've, they've, they've done double sessions some days. I don't think it's been very heavy, but it's most mostly been tactical base. It's mostly been Brendan Rodgers trying to get his ideas across. And I don't think he started. I've said this before in the podcast. He's hardly signed any players that are regular starters. Dembele and Sinclair apart. I don't think he's really got. He's been able to get his message across just down to time of coaching. So I, I do expect a lot more from Brendan Rodgers Celtic in terms of style and everything going forward. In terms of results, I don't really think they can do anymore. They've only dropped two points all season. They've won the League Cup and they qualify for the Champions League. But I do think over time, over the next 12 months, you'll see a, a different Celtic evolve and a probably a better Celtic evolve. Now that they're back from Dubai, do you now expect Brendan Rodgers also to step up his transfer window shopping? Do you Would you expect to... Within the next few days, maybe the next week or so, uh, another signing to come in? Yeah, I, I do think before the end of the transfer window, we'll sign at least one more player, but I think a lot more will go out. I think getting. Who do you expect to see leave? I think Nadia Chifchi will go, I think Effie Ambrose will go, I think Deji Boyata will probably go, Chris Commons, try to think who Scott else. Allen. Scott Allen will go. Would Near Beton go? I think mm. if there's a bid, I think I think it's clear Near Beton isn't going to be a first choice. I think Near Beton has gone from being Celtics first choice next to Scott Brown to probably fourth or fifth choice so I think he would be free to go as well I'm not saying free to go I think Celtic will still want a bit of money for him a fair bit of money for him but I think he'll be he'll be allowed to go so I think you could easily see six or seven players you, leave Celtic David you've been ahead of the game for Sun Sport in terms of Nier Beton's future you know you, you've reported in the interest in Nier Beton first ahead of the others in terms of Beton emerging from this transfer window still a Celtic player is it 50-50 or, or but, is your gut feeling is that there's a very strong likelihood that he's going to leave? I think I think there'll be clubs in for him, and I don't think Celtic will be too. I think Celtic have got a price a valuation, and I do think they want a couple of million pound at the very least for him. This was a guy that was valued. People are valuing him at ten million pound, six million pound even in the summer. I just don't think he fits in. I, I just I think if you look at Brendan Rodgers, what he wants from his midfield, he wants midfielders that are, are mobile, athletic, can press people. And, and you know creative as well because he's got Scott Brown he's now got Kouassi to play that sort of holding role and maybe not venture as far forward see his other two guys or his other three guys he wants guys to be bombing on he wants guys to be scoring goals getting in about people near Beton he's a, a nice footballer he's a lovely footballer very tidy and seeing the right system that sort of 4-2-3-1 system he's, he's a good player to have because he can dictate games at times but Brendan Rodgers is, is veering away from that. You know, he wants athletic guys. He wants guys that can really, really get about the pitch. And that's not near Beton's strength. Near Beton, you never really see near Beton. And it's probably helped him in the sense that get to where he is because he's very composed and very kind of graceful at times. But he doesn't really run about. And I don't think that's up Brendan Rodgers' street as well. And I think it's just a simple, just I don't think there's, there's no, not been a fallout or anything like that. I think he just doesn't really fit into his plans. And I think if there's a club comes forward with two million, two point five million, I think he'll go. Well, he, he cost what seven hundred thousand, I think, from the Israeli side, FC Ashdod, about three years ago, three and a half years ago. You think a fee of two or three million pounds would be right? Would that be one that Celtic should take? Yeah, I, I think so because I, I just, as I said, I, 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 this happens. Managers come in, they've got different ideas. Managers have, want different style of players, and I think as well. You also need to look at the, the impact Brendan Rodgers had on Scott Brown. You know, maybe people would have thought before the start of the season if Brendan Rodgers was going to go to a four three three, then near Beaton would have been the, the best man to play that sort of holding role. But Scott Brown has been the best man because Scott Brown has been one of Celtic's best players and yep. he's really, really come on. And if you're signing Kwasi as well, who is a specialised player in that position, but is also younger, more athletic, more kind of dynamic, then 
you know, you don't need a rocket scientist to, to, to realise that Neil Beaton isn't going to fit in there. And I don't think Neil Beaton, at his stage of his career, will be happy just to sit on the bench and not even maybe make the bench. And I think in fairness to Beaton, I mean, over the piece, looking at what he cost and looking at what he's, he's given back for Celtic, he's been a good signing, but it, it just has that feel about it. It's possibly a good time for the club and a good time for the player to, to move on. I'll let Stefan Johansson. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, and that was that was the thing as well. And, and the difference with Neil Beaton is he's still got a contract, I think, for another two and a half years, maybe twenty twenty. I think it runs out. So, therefore, he's maybe more of an asset to Celtic than Johansson was because Johansson was running down his time. But Celtic still get maybe two million pound for for Stefan Johansson. Neil Beaton is an Israeli internationalist. He's a regular. I know he's a bit of follow with the manager, but he's a, he's a regular. He's played at Champions League, Europa League level for Celtic, so he's got a lot of experience. He does have a lot of experience, and I, I do think that the clubs in Spain and in England interested in him and I do expect before the end of the, the transfer window to be interested it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's one of several Celtic players that will leave You're listening to the William Hill sponsored Sunsport Football Podcast I'm Derek McGregor I'm joined by David Freo my colleague two other clubs David of particular interest I think this transfer window we look at Aberdeen Johnny Hayes I think Aberdeen bracing themselves for a second Cardiff City bid for Johnny Hayes they've already had a 500 grand bid turned back which I'd probably say, I don't know how you feel about it, but 500 grand I would think would be buttons for Johnny Hayes. But if Cardiff came in with a bid approaching a million, maybe even 800 onwards, if you were on Aberdeen's board, how would you respond to that? I think 500, I, I, I agree with you, I think 500 grand for Johnny Hayes is buttons. I mean, to me it's derisory. Mm. And this is a guy, and, and this is this is something that I think Scottish clubs really need to con on to. And I know Celtic have, 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 have tried to make a statement in terms of Moussa Dembele about this. Why should, why should Scottish clubs just sell their best players for nothing? I'm not saying nothing, but why should they take a, you know, a, a lowered price? You know, Johnny Hayes is in the Ireland squad. Johnny Hayes has been one of the best players in Scottish football. Johnny Hayes has done it in big games, scored big goals at big times. He's, he's Aberdeen's best player. He's got 18 months left in his contract, I think, at the very least. What would you be thinking? A million pounds I minimum? Think, I think a million. See, see, in this day and age, with, age. The money, with the money that's floating about English football and some of the, the prices you see going from the Championship to the Premier League in England and even League One to the Championship in England, why should Aberdeen accept five hundred grand for Johnny Hayes? Yep. that's just to me that that is insulting. That yep. is insulting. Johnny Hayes is is a, a really good player, an international player, and you've got five hundred grand bids. No, not for me. I think I think Aberdeen should try and get at least a million pounds for Johnny. Hayes. I mean, the Cardiff manager Neil Warnock is, is is always very quick to pay respect to Scottish football, but it's almost as if he's patronising Aberdeen with that. You know, here's five hundred grand. Surely that, and he, I mean, he's, he knows what he's doing, Neil Warnock. But never a chance of that being accepted. No, I don't think so. And this is and not should it be. No, but and, and this is the thing, right? If I'm not saying Johnny Hayes would go down and play in the Premier League in England, I'm not saying he would go and get into a Newcastle team, who are one of the better teams in that league. But you try to tell me that Johnny Hayes couldn't get a game with, I don't know, Derby or oh, you look teams at Brighton. like that, you're Sheffield Wednesday, Brighton. I mean, he's he's more than good enough to go there. More than good enough. So I think Aberdeen are well within the rights to stand firm in this one. I think he's their best player. Why would you accept that sort of bid? for your best player to me it doesn't make sense and to me if you look at guys like James Madison even the, the fee Norwich paid Coventry for him a couple of million maybe mm-hmm. now James Madison has come up here and done well but has James Madison been more influential than Johnny Hayes not at all Johnny Hayes is still the main man he's a go-to guy for Aberdeen so for me I think Aberdeen should stand their ground I think all Scottish clubs should start doing this as well whether it's Dumbelli for 20-30 million or Johnny Hayes for 
half a million to a million. I think you need to stand the ground and need to say to English clubs, the, the days have gone that you're going to come up here and get our players on a pitch. The other club that's particularly intriguing is Hearts, David. Obviously, they're trying to sign Johnny Hayes' teammate now and again, but it's now emerged they've got an interest in bringing back Christoph Berra, who is in the last six months of his contract at Ipswich Town. Would he be a good signing for Hearts? 100%. I think Christoph Berra, for Scotland, I've never been convinced that he's Scotland class. I genuinely haven't. I think he's a, he's a good, big, honest player who's carved out a great career for himself. He was very good at Hearts, a very kind of influential player at Hearts. He's gone down to England. Mick McCarthy loves him. He's done well for Ipswich. He's won a lot of caps for Scotland, Christoph Berra, and I don't think he's ever really let Scotland down. I've just now been convinced that he's, he's he's really good enough to be Scotland's centre-half, his main centre-half. But he played against England in the last in the last game. Did OK, he was fine. I mean, Scotland lost pretty comprehensively, but he was fine. And, and for me, if Christoph Berra is available and he is willing to come back for Scotland, to Scotland, sorry, I don't know if it's family reasons, whatever, then it wouldn't just be Hearts who would be interested in him. For me, Rangers could do a lot worse, and I think Aberdeen could do a lot worse as well. So if he's coming back and, and there's, there's a nominal fee involved, I think all three of those teams, all the teams that are sort of vying for second place just now, should be interested in him. David, as always... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Grateful for your opinions and your analysis. Thanks very much.